Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. So good to see everybody here. Is it good to be here, Heart Church? Come on, I want to ask you if you would, because uh, we're so excited to welcome all of you down in our overflow. We've got 108 people in our overflow. I'd love it if you could welcome them here today. So good to have, oh, you can do better than that. You can do better than that. That's absolutely amazing. I don't know, you down in the overflow. I don't know. I don't know if there's anyone that down there who can make some noise so we can hear you. Come on, that's awesome. We love the fact that you're here. Thank you for being part of us today. Those of you visiting for the first time, we absolutely love the fact you're here. We never take it for granted that people want to come and spend some time with us. And we uh, have been over the last weeks, we've been speaking about foundations. Over the next four weeks, we're going to speak about order. And then we're going to speak about rhythm. Over this next four weeks, today we're going to speak about order as you've seen there on the visual, our spiritual word order in our emotional world, talking about our soul order in our mental world and order in our physical world. And you know, because these are all inextricably linked, there's obviously gonna be some cross-pollination. But what I, what I do wanna say is that this series is not about information. It's about transformation. We are believing that you will acquire some tools. This series is about behind closed doors. Those of you here for Vision Sunday will remember we talked about that God's given us an open door which no man can close. But we understand that our ability to walk through and take advantage of our open doors will depend on what happens behind closed doors. It's what is going on in our inner world. It's what is going behind uh, those doors in our private places that will determine how well we are able to take hold of what God has got for us. We we are are beings who are, are, we are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. That's why we are looking at all these areas because you, you, you can't just separate off those things without impacting other areas of your life. This week, I got a, I got a phone call from my youngest son uh, and dad, dad, um, yeah, my, my, uh, my car's overheating and it's going back. And, and you know, I was, I was saying, oh no. He said, no, it'll be all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to work. So he gets to work and, and, and then he, he, he discovered that, um, there wasn't very much um, oil in, in the car. It reminds me of that, you know, the person who goes into the parts department uh, of a garage and says, um, could I buy a, a longer dipstick? And they said, why would you want a longer dipstick? He said, because the one I've got is not reaching the oil. Um, but Joe said to me, Joe said to me something very interesting. He said, but dad, no, no, no warning light came up or anything. I said, so I had a real dad moment. I said, no, no, no. If there's one warning light you don't want coming up, it's the oil warning light. It's like, if that, that's just before death. It's like, you know, when the oil light comes on, you pull over, that is it, do not go any 
where. And kind of this series is about helping us to not live in, not to live our lives reacting to the, the warning lights on our dashboards, but putting things in place that stops the warning lights coming on in the first place. This is about putting oil in your car and not waiting for the light to come on your dashboard, Joseph Baxter. (laughs) We're also talking about we are building our spiritual core. Forgive me if you weren't here on Vision Sunday early in the year, but you know what? At the time I had a bit of a, a bad back and uh, I realised that I had, to do some, I had to do some work on my core in order to help that area of my life. Um, we talked about building the core of our church, the spiritual core of our church, because when your core's strong, it supports every other area in the body. So we, we're here to look at the spiritual and yet also acknowledge that it's not all spiritual. There are some things that we practically have to do. You know, in other words, if you can love Jesus with all your heart, but if you're emotionally immature, then you can end up robbing yourself of your breakthrough because of your attitude. Turn to someone near you and say, he's talking to you. So you see, when it came, when it came to my bad back, I could have been praying. I could have been confessing scriptures over my back. And that's all fine. But you know what really helped was not just about praying and confessing scriptures. It was about doing some stretches and doing some exercises that strengthen my core that can either improve or eradicate the problem, and these things aren't mutually exclusive. It's about faith and works. It's those things working together. Now, I'm fully aware that sometimes in life, things get thrown at us that cause the warning lights to come up on our dashboard. But I believe that there are things that we can do that minimize that. So this Series on foundations, order and rhythm is about moving from just knowing the right things to actually doing the right things. So we're here today to speak about spiritual order. And I wanna take us right to the beginning of the Bible. First chapter, Genesis chapter one where it's written that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Amen. Amen. 
Rob Steele and I are doing a little bit of a tag team through the day. So he spoke in the first service. I'm speaking in the second and the third. He's going to speak in the fourth. And uh, yeah, I can only encourage you to go and listen. Uh, what he shared, what I'm going to share, really compliment one another and help us to really engage with this subject of seeing spiritual order come into our lives. I've taken this to Genesis 1 because God spoke into the chaos. He gave an order that produced order. So he spoke into the nothing and he created something. There was disorder and God spoke order into the chaos. Now, I also want to just talk to us a little bit about another, another law um, and for the scientists in the room, I'm going to do this very, very simply. Please don't email me. <laughs> Tell me how I got it wrong and, you know, and, and like, yeah, I, this is like really, 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 really simple, okay? Because I want to just talk about entropy, um, and there's a lot of stuff out there that, so I understand why the scientists get frustrated because preachers invent their own meaning for things so they sound good. But, um, thanks Andy. Uh, but I, I don't want you to, uh, to worry too much about the, the science issue of this. It's just that there's a law called entropy. It's the second law of thermodynamics. Uh, you don't have to worry about that. But put very, very, very simply, entropy is a measure of disorder, the tendency of things to move towards chaos. There's a tendency for things to move towards chaos. Let me put it this way. That's why housework can be such a chore. I'm glad my wife's not in the room. She'd be saying, well, what, do you, what would you know about that? <laughs> but I read it somewhere. That the house, if you leave it, even, even if you clean it from top to bottom, it doesn't stay clean. It gets dusty. There will be cobwebs that form. In fact, if you left that house, it wouldn't matter how amazing you cleaned it. If you left that house, eventually it would become dusty. There'd be cobwebs. And if you really left it, it would eventually fall apart. Because things have a tendency to move towards chaos. It's like the garden. Lord only knows. You put all the effort, energy into the garden, you stand back and you sigh and it's all good and it's all done. But you know, like especially my garden right next to a wood, it's got this tendency to go back to, what, to being a wood. It wants to go back to uh, being a place of disorder and chaos. And part of the, the, the law of, of entropy is it takes energy. It requires energy energy to stop things going back to chaos and God I believe has given man his spirit 
He, that is, when, when God spoke, he released his energy into chaos and chaos became order. And in the same way, he gave man the ability to speak into chaos by his spirit. And by his spirit, you and I are given the ability to keep chaos at bay. So Genesis the second chapter of Genesis says this. It says this, that this is the account of the creation, Genesis 2 verses 4 to 5, of the heavens and earth. When the Lord made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. And this, I, I, when I read this next bit, I thought, wow, this is absolutely awesome. For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth and... There were no people to cultivate the soil. You say, well, why are you getting excited about that? Well, the reason I'm getting excited about that was that man was not created yet. Man wasn't there yet. There was, he had yet to create, he had yet to send rain and there were no people to cultivate the soil. So God created the earth with a need for man to come and do something. God created the earth with man in mind, with people in mind. Are you all right? I hope that's not too much already because we've got a long way to go. So, The reason that is important is you need to know you're not an afterthought. God created an environment in which you were meant to fit and indeed in which you were meant to make a contribution. Man was brought into an ordered environment. God could have put him in any environment. He could have landed in a field. He could have, he, I don't know, he, 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 could have, he could have landed on a mountaintop, but God created a garden. A garden is an ordered environment. He placed him in a garden. And in that garden, God had provided soil that would produce plants and grains, but the soil was gonna need rain and it was gonna need man to cultivate it. See, I think that's interesting because that means we were designed to work. We're actually designed to work. God didn't create a garden and put man in it to chill. Sit in a deck chair, sip cocktails. You know, work, work is not part of the curse. Work is a blessing. And there was something that was, God never does anything without purpose and intention. He created work because he knew that somehow that was gonna release something in the man. And, and, and he gave man a job to do. Genesis 1, if you were here last week when we were talking about prayer, you would have heard some of this. Genesis 1 verses 26, he says, Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created created them. And then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. So it wasn't that just man got a job. Oh, yeah, yeah, all right, let's just give him something little to do. Let him just work the soil. No, he had a job to have dominion over the earth to subdue it. Subdue means to overcome, quieten, or bring under control. Overcome, quieten, or bring under control. So God commissioned man to bring order to his external environment and stop it returning to chaos. Because there is a law that says ultimately all things will move towards chaos unless there is energy put in to stop it moving towards chaos. And that was the job that man had. God put man in charge of stopping the earth returning to chaos, to subdue it and to have dominion over it. Now, of course, those of you who know your Bibles will understand that Adam and Eve sinned and we, we don't need to dwell too much on that. We know that uh, everything was plunged in that moment into disorder. Because I would, I would want to remind you that before that moment, Adam and Eve were in the kind of relationship with God where their inner world was in complete harmony with God. But when sin entered into the, uh, came on the scene. When sin came on the scene because of man's failure, now their internal world was plunged into disorder. And the thing is this, that without God's spirit, we will always end up being the worst version of ourselves. We need His Spirit to stop us moving towards chaos in our lives. Someone once said this, that sin will take you farther than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and cost you more than you wanted to pay. It will always do that. So if you are going to bring change to your external world, then firstly, order needs to be reestablished in your internal world. So in a way, if you can just work with me, God planned a kind of replay of creation. He pressed a reset button, enter Jesus, the Son of God, who died on a cross 
at Calvary, not to make him a martyr, but to liberate mankind. So that all that internal chaos, all that internal confusion, everything that leads to me being the worst version of myself could be dealt with once and for all. You see, Jesus did not die on a cross to give us religion. It's not that we can spend our lives thinking what a wonderful person Jesus was. And we just say, how awesome that He was a Son of God and, and He died for us to save us from our sin. Isn't that amazing? Jesus did not die just for that. He did not die just to make us people who were lost, but now we're found. We were blind, but now we see. We are now saved. He didn't just die for that. He died that we would be utterly transformed that our lives would be utterly transformed. It's not just now that I was a bad person and now I'm a good person or I used to go there and now I don't go there or now I never used to go to church, but now I go to church. And that is proof that I've been saved. That is proof that I've got a relationship with God. No, that is proof you've got religion. That is proof that your behaviour has been modified. What we believe is something way beyond behaviour modification. That now suddenly I'm a good person. I try and do my best. I try and be kind to people. I try and love people. I try and, I try and live a good life. I'm just trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm just out here trying. No, it's not, it's not about that. What Jesus did on that cross that day was to release Light to release the ability that now I am, I am not as I was. I am a new creation. Paul put it this way in his letter to the Corinthians. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. I was, it was never intended that I would end up being just a better, a slightly better version of myself. It was never intended that I would have slight improvements in that area. I would be patched up in that area. It was never intended that I live my whole life limping along, dragging the pain of my past. But hey, I love Jesus. I'll sing a few songs. I'm gonna be with him one day. It was never about that. It was about utter, powerful, mind-blowing transformation that I would barely recognise myself. Never mind you recognising me. I would not recognise myself in the same way that Adam was given dominion and told to subdue his external world. Now through Jesus, we have the power by His Spirit to have dominion over the chaos of our internal world and we can subdue it. That's why, that's why Paul in writing to the Romans, Romans chapter six, he says, for sin 
shall no longer be your master because you are not under law. You're under grace. That, that he, he, he was, he's saying, I am releasing something so powerful, so powerful in your life that it's not just about you trying to be good. I am gonna give you the ability to be good. Will your behavior change? Yes, your behavior will change, but it's not just because you're trying to change, it's because you want to change. You see, that's what happened with, with Zacchaeus. Some of us knew that Zacchaeus climbed a sycamore tree. Now Zacchaeus was a very little man and a very little man was he. Never mind, I'm losing you. And he climbed a sycamore tree and he went to Jesus' house for tea. And in verse eight of Luke 19, it says this, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. You see, being in the presence of Jesus, being in the presence of life and light, being in presence of the Son of God caused Zacchaeus to have a radical change to his attitude. Somehow having Jesus there did something in the heart of Zacchaeus that said, hey, if I'm gonna give half my possessions to the poor, if I've, if I've cheated anybody, I'm gonna pay back four times. It, it had the result of his behaviour changing, but it came from a heart that had been changed. It came from a heart that was filled with joy and with gratitude. It was a prophet called Ezekiel who declared more than 600 years before Jesus that he said there in Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. This isn't religion. This isn't religion. This is utter mind-blowing transformation. He's saying, I'm not just gonna change the way you behave. I'm not just gonna get you to do the right thing. I'm gonna get you to supernaturally want to do the right thing. Psalm 37 verse four says, um, take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now I know a lot of Christians who quote that back and they're saying, you know, well, if I delight myself in God, He's gonna give me what I want. But it's not what it says. It's not, it's not that He will give me what I want. He said, the, the very desires, I'm gonna give you the desires. When I delight myself in God, He will give me the right desires. 
I will no longer desire the things that I used to desire. Now he is changing me from the inside out. And when my inner world is transformed, when order comes to my inner world, then I can influence my outer world. If I try and influence my outer world without having my inner world transformed, I'm never going to succeed for long. I'll, I'll manage it for a time. But I will be stumbled by my own behaviour. So God brings order to my inner world. He brings order to my thinking. Now I'm not going to dwell on this too much Today, because we've got a whole week given to it, it is that important. But let me just say this to you, that part of me finding Christ, part of Christ coming and setting off that atomic, that atomic explosion of salvation at the core of my being means that not only will I desire to do the right thing, but He's going to get my head in the right place. He's going to get my thinking in the right place. He's going to bring order to my thinking. Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word, that word transformed is, is, is a word metamorpho from which we get the word metamorphosis. Metamor we have that, that experience is uh, in nature is a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. He's saying that such is the transformation. Such is the transformation that you are going to get from having your mind reordered, it's gonna be like the kind of transformation we see from a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. You see, a caterpillar can move. It can, it can crawl around on a branch, but a butterfly can fly. It's utter, it's, it's not only that the, the, the caterpillar is transformed in its being, its whole way in which it relates with the, with the world is transformed because it has a whole new measure of freedom. And that is the kind of picture. It's like God is saying when salvation comes to your life, when you compare your life pre-salvation to post-salvation, it's like you will look back on a life that was like a caterpillar crawling round on a branch or a cabbage leaf and now you've been given wings to fly. That is what salvation does for you. It gives you wings, not Red Bull. Red Bull, trust me, does not give you wings, but Jesus does. Turn to someone and say, Jesus gives you wings. So that's what salvation does. It, 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 it is utterly transformational. And then having received that kind of order to my internal world, now what has been restored is what Adam lost. Adam lost 
the ability. Adam began to fight with his environment rather than having dominion of his environment. But because my internal world has restored, because once again, I am living in harmony with God. Now I too can once again have dominion in my environment. That's why Jesus sends us out. Don't you find it interesting that God once said, let there be light. But now he says to us, you are the light. You. I once said, let there be light. But now I'm telling you, you are the light. You are the light. You are meant to bring a light to whatever environment I send you to. You are meant to be like salt. Salt irreversibly changes the environment it has contact with, brings out the flavours. God intends for us to bless our environments by bringing out the best. Salt, salt adds flavour. It brings out the, it, it, it brings out the flavours in, in the food. It brings out the best in the food. But, but God is saying, I'm making you like salt so that when, whatever environment I send you to, whether it is home, whether it is in your classroom, whether it is in your office, I am sending in, when you are filled with my spirit, I am sending the best version of you into that environment. But what I'm also sending is my spirit. And that spirit is able to bring order. It's able to bring the best out of that environment. Adam lost his ability. The environment dominated him. But through Jesus, we have the ability to take dominion over our environments. And we engage with that through prayer. So that woman in your office who gets on your nerves and you are trying to avoid her and stay out of her way and avoid conversation. Let's forget the office. That woman at church who gets on your nerves who you are sitting at the other side of church, that God is saying, no, you are being dominated by your environment. I have put something in you that says you, that says you can rise up. You can change. You can change. Your mind can change. Your attitude can change. And yeah, you, can, you can pray. You can pray, oh God, change her. Lord, I don't know what is wrong with her. She gives me those funny looks. She's giving me attitude. I don't know why she would treat me like this. I don't know why. And we can be bringing it all to God. But God just might be holding up a mirror and say, yeah, 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 I hear you. And yeah, 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 there may be some areas that she needs to change. But what about you? What about your heart? What about your attitude? What about the way you are thinking? My spirit is powerful enough to change you. That's why Jesus said, hey, you know, before you go and point out the splinter in somebody else's eye, make sure you've dealt with the plank in your own first. He doesn't say don't go and sort it out. He says, yeah, sure. If there's, if there's a plank, if there's a, a spot of sawdust, if there's a splinter, sure, go and sort it out. But before you go 
and have that conversation, you and I need to have a conversation first. And we need to deal with some stuff because then you'll be better able to go and handle that situation. See, God wants order to come to all our lives, body, soul and spirit. Today we're talking about spiritual order, but it's so difficult to make that clean definition because the reality is that when I've got spiritual order in my life, it is going to affect my soul. It is going to affect my emotional life. It is going to affect the way I think. It is going to affect my physical world. And I think too many of us, we come to church We sing our songs and we say we love Jesus and all that may well be true. But God is wanting to say to us, I don't want you just to have order in one area of your life. I'm saying to you, it's no good you saying, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I got promotion. Hallelujah, I've got an increase. God is good. All the time, God is good. He has blessed me. I am doing awesome in my job. God is showing me favour in my job. Meanwhile, your family's in chaos. Your marriage is in chaos because the job you say God gave you is taking so much of you, so much of your time, so much of your energy, so much of your mind, so that when you come home, you've got nothing to give to your wife, you've got nothing to give to your husband, you've got nothing to give to your kids. And sure, you don't shop at Tesco's anymore, you shop at Waitrose. And sure, you go on better holidays than you used to. And sure, you might be wearing, you might be wearing slightly better clothes. And you say, so it's all worth it because that stuff is the better, that, that, that stuff is proof of the blessing of God. Let me tell you what is proof of the blessing of God. It's when you can come home and bless your environment. When husbands can come home and bless their wife and bless their children. When wives can come home and bless their husband and bless their children. God does not want that kind of chaos where there's one aspect of your world wrecking another aspect of your world. Godly order brings balance. Godly order will bless you in your work without ruining your family. It's not, you know, it's like, well, I've got an awesome family. I've got an awesome marriage. I love my kids. We just love each other. But you can't keep a, whole, can't keep a job down. Do you understand? That's, that's another kind of disorder. God wants us to have the kind of order in our life that out of my internal world, I've got a great family and I've got a great marriage and I've got a great job that enables me to be a blessing in all of those environments. God wants you too blessed to be stressed. I'm gonna say that again. God wants you too blessed to be stressed. Not too stressed to be to be blessed. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk. I'm going to. I'm going to say it again. God, God wants you too blessed to be stressed. Not too stressed to be blessed. 
I'm, I'm going to talk to you in the overflow. I'm going to talk to you in the overflow. They're having a, I think down there, you guys are getting it. I'm not sure about these guys up here, but I want you, I want you to understand today that if I'm living the kind of life when even when I come to the house of God, my life is so busy, I'm so overwhelmed that I can't, I'm focused because I've got, I've got, hallelujah, Jesus, praise your name. God is good. I just need to get my word and then I'm going to grab a quick coffee and then I've got to go to Tesco's. I've got to get the kids' uniforms ready and then I've got work. I've got that, oh my gosh, I've got that meeting tomorrow. And oh, hallelujah. Yes, bless the Lord. Yeah. Ah, God does not want us to live that kind of stress. Existent. He wants us to live out of a place of order so that we are, we are empowered to bless. So we have the ability to, to bless, to cultivate our environments, bring order so that they are fruitful. It's not that everything's perfect. My God, I know it's not perfect. I know there are tough times in family life. I know there are tough times in marriage. I know there are challenges in work, but God has given us the ability out of the grace and life that is in me to cultivate my environment so that it will be fruitful. I can bring change to that environment, not only by my own wisdom, but by His wisdom. God wants us to subdue our environments, not be subdued by our environments. Don't just accept what your family is throwing at you. Don't just accept what your job is throwing at you. God, you see, some of us, we're too easy to go and talk to people because honestly, it can be a lot easier to talk to people than it can be to talk to God. But some of us, if we want to change our environments, if we want to cultivate our environments, we need to be more keen to go and talk to God. Go and talk to God about the issue. That doesn't give you the excuse not to do something about the issue. Oh, I'm talking to the Lord about it. Yes, talk to the Lord about it, but it's faith and works. Then you've got to go and do something. Don't just be praying about your marriage. Put some energy and effort into your marriage. Every marriage will have a tendency to move towards chaos unless you put in the energy to make it work. Every family will have the tendency to move towards chaos unless you put in the energy to make it work. Sure, pray, but work. Cultivate your environment so that it is fruitful. You know, I... Some years ago, I was, you know, we were having a, a bit of um, trouble um, at school. In fact, um, it's, it's Aaron, actually. I asked him his permission to share this story. So Aaron was having some trouble at school. And um, his um, teacher uh, said, to, said to him, you know what, Aaron? You, you're not going to pass GCSE English. You're not going to. Uh, I, I think you should just go for a certificate of achievement. And, uh, you know, if, if all you can manage is a certificate of achievement, then okay, you know, that's, that's cool. But it wasn't all he could manage. And um, so I said to Aaron, you know, he, said, he came home and said, my teacher says that I'm not going to pass GCSE. And I said, this, this is what the environment was telling to me. And I said, well, your teacher doesn't get to decide that. Because she's not taking the exam, you are. So anyway, Aaron being Aaron went back to his teacher and said, my dad says that you don't get to decide 
So I get called into school and my environment was talking to me. The environment was talking to me. The environment was saying, your son isn't gonna pass GCSE. I strongly recommend, I strongly recommend. I say, why, why are you recommending this? Well, this, you know, my professional experience and my professional view. I said, the environment was talking to me. I said, cool, 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 cool. That's, that's your view. So now what am I gonna do with that? What am I gonna do with that? I'm just gonna throw my hands up in there and say, well, if that's what they say, that's what they say, that's what we go with. Or do I take it to my heavenly Father? Because God has put within me the ability, the ability to subdue my environment, to bring change. I am not at the mercy of my environment. I do not have to just accept what my environment is telling, talking back to me. I can bring change. I can bring change. And I came to God, I said, God, I don't, I, I don't know, Lord. I don't know, I, what, what is this all about? I, I wasn't expecting this. And, and, and God, you know, I said, He can read, He can read well, I don't understand. And, 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 and God said to me, you read His set books to Him. You read His set books to Him. You see, the thing was, He had great reading ability, but when He read, he couldn't really retain what he was reading. But when he heard it, he remembered everything that was being read to him. I want you to notice something. I didn't just get a word of wisdom in that moment. I got work. I got work. Do you think that every night I was just looking forward to coming home and reading his set books to him? No, I was not. I was not looking forward to that. But I knew that if we didn't do this, this was part of me subduing the environment. If we did it that way, it wasn't gonna work. But I, we had a Word of God. I, I prayed, I believed. You know what? He ended up getting a B in his GCSE. And let me tell you something else. Now, He's writing lyrics to songs that thousands of people are singing. You see, it wasn't just about a GCSE. There was a seed seeking to be sown in his life that was gonna stop him blessing thousands of people. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. That's why we need to have dominion over our environments some seeds that are waiting to germinate. There are some things that are waiting to break forth in your life. I don't care who said it to you, whether it was your mother, whether it was your father, whether it was your best friend, whether it was your teacher, whether it was your pastor, whether it was your Sunday school teacher, in the name of Jesus, the, the Spirit of God within you is more powerful than the environment you are walking in. And maybe it's just time to stand up and speak out and speak to your environment and say, hear the Word of the Lord. It is time for change. It is time for deliverance. Devil, you have tried to rob me of my marriage. In Jesus' Name, I bind you. My marriage not only will survive, it will be blessed. Devil, you have tried to ruin my relationship with my son or my daughter. Devil, you are a liar. Through your spirit within me, I will speak change. Pro 
prophesy change, bring change. I will change so that I can change this environment. And of course, that's how we come full circle. Because the same word that spoke into the chaos at the beginning of time is the same word that we have. It's the same word that I can speak into every situation around my life. That word that created this universe at the beginning of time will create in your universe. The word enables us to speak order and create order in our inner world and in our outer world. May you know the God who saves you and have your life transformed from the inside out. May you know His transforming power at work in your life, creating order in your heart and in your mind. May God cause you to rise up and subdue your environments and know the blessing of God in your marriage, in your family, in your place of work, in your place of education. May you cultivate the soil of those environments so your life will bear much fruit. In Jesus' Name, may you be too blessed to be stressed. Amen. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.